Apparently, I'm not ready to talk this morning. So, good morning. Um, we are in our second week uh, going through First Timothy, and today uh, we're going to finish up the first chapter of First Timothy. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing today: finishing up, right? Yes. Yeah, and yes, okay. and moving into yeah. two. Yeah, moving into two. Yes. Okay. So, Carrie, we'll let you read for us today how about that okay first timothy 1 18 through 20 timothy my son i am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well holding on to faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and so have shipwrecked with regard to their faith among them are hymenius and alexander whom i have handed over to satan to be taught not to blaspheme I was looking at that. Um, what were the prophecies that were once made about him? You know, it's like, it seems like it's hinging on that a lot. And it, I guess when they um, brought Timothy on board as a um, disciple or whatever, they laid hands on him. Mm-hmm. All the elders laid hands on him. And there was some prophecies that were told for him to him, probably about his, ministry that he was about to jump into so it's always good to start your ministry with a a good word from people you know a word from the lord because you'll need it later on yeah absolutely right i mean those those prophecies those things are held not so much um i i I think actually in, in a way to um help strengthen people yeah help them not be surprised Oh, we've got some hard things here. And and you know, well, that's part of my purpose and this is part of what I'm doing, you know. Yeah, I think then when he comes up against those hard times and he's doubting himself, which we all do, mm-hmm. he can hearken back to those prophecies and know that God has him in the palm of his hand, that he's really in control of what's going on, and that he'll see him through. He'll give him the strength, whatever he needs, he'll give it to him, he'll provide for him, and he'll be mm-hmm. fine. Don't we all need to know that somebody has our back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to know that there are people on our team, right? Yeah. That we, even when things are hard, that people are there to support us. And to know, because we know that we live in a world that is not easy. Um, and to know that it's okay that it's not easy, but you, we can do this. Because this, I mean, for Timothy, Paul's like, hey, just a reminder, like mm-hmm. this is what you are made for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God set this before you, and you can do this. I also think sometimes when going through a hard time, when you've had what you're talking about, Suzanne, the um, you're not surprised. Mm-hmm. And so that's a part. And I know for me, when I've been in times like that, all of a sudden I'm able to look around and go, oh, wait, I've been made for this. 
God has trained me. God has done things. He's positioned me here. Got it, God. I mean, I, I'm not saying I've had prophecy on me. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just like, I look at my skills. I look at what I can do. And I look at where I am. And it's like, oh, yeah, this I'm not here by accident. And so when you get that sense, then it's like, all right, you know, instead of the fear, I'm looking around for God's provision. I'm looking for how he is taking care of it because I have new eyes to see that situation. And it's not scary. It's like, oh, I need to go look at this and pull this person in here. Oh, I need to go do this. Um, I think of that with the apostles as they were going to the fish. And it's like, you know, they were saying, Jesus, feed the fish. And I was like, oh, we don't have any. You know, it's like, but just looking around, oh, there's a lunch over here. You know, if mm-hmm. you were in, even though you can make dorky decisions in that place, when you're in that place, you go, okay, let's look around. What do we have? You know, and I think that's helpful for Timothy here too. You know? Well, we have the word now to kind yeah. of be that for us. Um, Timothy didn't have that really. Not like we do. They had the Old Testament, but he didn't have all the promises in the New Testament. Um, but now when we need that undergirding and that encouragement and the, the truth that, like you said, that we're, we've got somebody at our back who's, who's watching our back, we can go to the Word and find that prophecy for ourselves. That's another function of this letter is exactly what you're talking about. He has something to go to. To help him with that, yeah. And I, I, was, go ahead. I was going to say, remember, this is his job, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. This is his job now. Yeah. So um, this is like on-the-job um, continuing education credit, mm-hmm. right? So just a little cultural context there. Yeah, is, um, yeah. You know, because Paul's kind of his boss. Yeah. Good point. Right. Very practical yeah. way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. So well, Paul keeps talking. Oh, go ahead, no, Terry. Go ahead. Ah, here we are in Zoom. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's going to be like this this whole week, I'm telling you guys. Because we just realized we have so much to say on all of this. So yeah. um, I was just going to encourage, like, God was talking about doing, um, I'm sorry, Paul was telling Timothy, fight the good fight. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of talk about what the good fight looks like. Yeah. Well, I think the best thing to remember is that it's a spiritual battle. Yeah. Um, because I think we often forget that. You know, we get mired down in the physical, practical stuff that we're dealing with, and we don't always um, stop and think, wait a minute, there could be a spiritual component to this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that um, fight the good fight, I think, I think that Paul certainly recognized that we had a spiritual battle. There's so much throughout his writings regarding the fact that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against the powers of darkness. Um, so I think it's just kind of a out there for Timothy. Hey, don't, don't forget, we're fight, fight the good fight. And the good fight is the spiritual fight, the spiritual battle that's out there. Um, because we can't win those battles in our own strength. We have to win those battles by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I, I just keep thinking about why Paul is writing this to Timothy. <clears throat> Man, the troubles that he's having in that church, this is not easy stuff. 
Yeah. This mm-hmm. is hard, hard stuff. And it is a battle. And I'm, you know, a battle for him probably to stay positive, to have a good attitude, to even want to stay in the battle. If you be, I can't imagine being a pastor over a church like this and, and trying to just keep them all together and trying to um, stay strong in what you believe and what you're teaching and, uh, and having to hand some of them over to say because they just are not coming around to God's way of thinking about things and are causing so much trouble in the church. That's a lot on his plate. Mm-hmm. And he's just a baby too. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know, he's even later on, they're like, don't let people look down on you because of your youth. Like you're mm-hmm. young. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's just a little baby pastor and he's in there with all these troublemakers. And we talked last week about pot stirrers. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's people in there stirring the pot. There are people here that are um, blaspheming here, which I would imagine is a very tender spot for Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, because awesome. that was, well, that when Paul was Saul, we talked about this last week too. When Paul was Saul, he was like, ooh, super blasphemous. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he had like the big SB on his shirt. Like, <laughs> I'm super blasphemous. <laughs> this is yeah. like, you know, um, yeah. so he's had a full 180 and he knows that and he knows how um, much that can affect you. I mean, just imagine Paul's big hole that's right there. Because um, we, we all have soft spots, right? For things that we struggle with and we've overcome or work through or not overcome, but take steps daily. And so I just cannot only imagine because Paul very clearly calls these people out. Mm-hmm. Like they've been sent out. But the reason for their being sent also has to be taken into um, to our thoughts, I think, not yeah. because he hated them, not because he didn't want to be around them. It was so that they would be taught not to do that, that they would repent, that they would turn around, that they would not be those kind of people and probably be brought back into the church, back into the fold if they get it together. You know, it's not to be mean. Mm-mm. No. It is the end result correction. of all discipline is a return to righteousness, to a right standing with God. And so we have to keep that, I think, in the forefront of our mind that whatever discipline um, any of us are faced with, it's, it's not to hurt us. It's for our good. It's to bring us to the end of ourselves. And then hopefully we'll turn and go back to, um, to a right relationship with the Lord. But it does yeah. sound pretty scary, doesn't it? Hand it over to Satan. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, and wouldn't so, want to be handed over. <laughs> seriously, no. This I do want to. One of my notes that I have here is that this is not the same as Paul, quote unquote, canceling these people, mm-hmm. right? Like right mm-hmm. now, if you don't agree with what I think and how I believe and every single stand that I have, then you're canceled, right? That's so much of our culture, culture right now. You're dead to me. Everything is is gone. Um, I'm going to do my best to wipe you out. Yeah, unfriended. Yes. Unfriended. That's it. Um, But that is not what this is. Mm -mm. This is, is, like Terry said, that hard stand of you've got to go. And then, like Angie said, so that we can bring you back in. 
Um, so w- from a practical standpoint, what would that look like? Okay, you can't, you can't participate in the life of the church, but I'm not going to stop loving you because mm-hmm. of your heresy, your sin, your whatever it might be. Somebody probably has to stay in relationship in some form with that person so that they can come back. There has to be a bridge, like Jesus is our bridge, our mediator between um, sinful life and and, and the right life with God. So, yeah, I don't think it's a cancellation at all. It's just, you know, you're going to have to stay away from from the life of the body. You can't come to our meetings. You can't. You know, you can't participate, you can't teach, you can't mm-hmm. do any of that stuff, but, but, but somebody will stay in relationship with you to help you see mm-hmm. that, um, that that's pretty painful, you know, yeah. that that's not a good place for you, and then help you come back, help you reconcile, because we all of us have been given the job of ministry of reconciliation, right? I mean, that's our purpose on this earth is to show people the love of God and that he loves them. He wants them to be a part of his family. So yeah, there are, every discipline has reconciliation as the end result of right. it or should right. have. That's the purpose of discipline. Yep. And in a healthy place, that's happening. Even now, that's happening in healthy relationships. And we see that um, in healthy churches too. Yeah, If you have a leader who is, um, te- teaching the wrong things, who is um, giving, I'm having trouble speaking. I, I'm all tied up about this. Ah. Um, but like if we have, if we have teachers who are teaching incorrect theology, if we have um, teachers who are not living the way that they're supposed to live, if you have a pastor who's having an affair if you have, you know, abuse happening, those things have to be called out and removed. Mm-hmm. And it's not so that you are dead to that community. It is so that you can live in a healthy way again. Mm-hmm. And it's good for everyone else too in the church, in the community, because it shows them that, um, that we do love each other, that we are working to um, bring everybody together to make us one, um, that we're working to help everybody stay in a good, healthy relationship with God. So yeah, if I really love somebody, I don't watch them go down a bad path or a bad road, my children, my husband, my, my pastor, anybody, without saying, hey, wait a minute, that's not going to end up in a good place for you or for us you know, if you let your husband go off and have an affair and you never confront him or say anything about it, what does that say to you as a woman? And what does it say to your children who might see it happen? You know, no, the healthy thing is to confront and say, wait a minute, that's, that's out of bounds. Then everybody mm-hmm. knows that's out of bounds. My children don't grow up thinking it's okay because they've seen that I, I stood and said no. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same thing in the church. We always have to relate, I think, to that as a family. Um, we don't just let things happen. We don't, no matter who it is, you know, a, a pastor or a leader, anybody in, is in the body of Christ, is in the body of Christ, and we're all responsible for each other. Well, Paul says um, in Second Timothy about Hymenaeus, 
he says something about his godless chatter and how it will spread and it'll he's wandered away from the truth and it will spread like gangrene so it is um rotting the rest of the church if you let that go on and it spreads and spreads and spreads until your whole church is infected and just rotting away with um with wrong teaching if you just let people go on in the way they're going like you said there's then if there's no correction your church is doomed yeah so so that's a really important point terry paul sends this letter to timothy it's read in front of the church hymenaeus and alexander get called out specifically in the church so imagine what that would be like in our church. Someone saying, um, so-and-so has done this. They are not good. And just reading it as part of a letter from someone who um, is that the whole church deeply cares about, that knows they knew Jesus, right? Yeah. The, the part that Hymenaeus was doing is he denied the physical resurrection, which is destroying people's faith. I, that was that's like, what? How do you, that's a you pretty know, critical piece of That things. was a big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, that's a big myth. You know, and um, Alexander, he doesn't get specific so much about what he did, but he said he is strongly opposed to our message. So Paul is intentionally sending this letter, and it's like he makes this fight public. Like a lot of times what we're talking about is a if a pastor is confronted or different things, it's handled in privacy yeah, as, much as, doors. as, yeah, as, as much, much as possible, possible. And as much as makes sense, not this. Not this, and I think it's because a lot of what you got you were talking about too, like all of us were talking about, but specifically the gangrene. If you're teaching that there was no physical resurrection, that is going to create a lot of problems for a lot of people in their faith. That needs to get taken care of, yeah, very publicly. And so, here's Timothy it's like thinking of your pastors and a young kid coming in saying, Hey, I'm your pastor now coming in and it's like how much weight is he going to have well this letter helps that happen and this letter doesn't hold any punches paul is coming and saying okay ready for the fight we need to have this fight and the other reason that paul staying in this was in um pratt was um whatever you do hold on to the gospel so he's coming back to the word of god not like my teaching not like my opinion Whatever we do, we have to hold on to the gospel. It's the only thing that unites the church. And it's the only thing that will sustain God's people in difficult days. Um, Indeed, this is a gospel worth guarding and defending. So Paul's not coming after these guys because he has a personal beef with them. He might have a personal beef, but that's not the intention of this letter. This letter is to get people back to the word of God, back to what's truth, back to what we know. You know, one of the situations I think Rosemary was this, I can't remember if it was the Pharisees or the Sadducees mm-hmm. in the Jewish faith did not believe in a resurrection. The Sadducees. That's the Sadducees. And the Sadducees. Because they were thank sad. That's why they were sad. sad. How did you keep it? Because they were sad. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Sadducee. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's, that's such a critical piece of the gospel, because how would we have new life and look forward to a resurrection if Jesus didn't do it? I mean, that, that's, that's a big chunk of the salvation message. Um, but it's easy to see how he might have gotten some followers oh, sure. with that opinion or with that belief. And, and because there probably were some other Jews out there who 
maybe felt that same way that there was no resurrection, they would have been pulled in pretty easily. Remember, um, this is all oral. This is yeah. all, uh, we, they don't right. have the Bible that they can yeah. go back to. And this is, this is still new. This is still a new concept where we've had thousands of years of context. They don't right. have that option, yeah. right? Yeah. We're talking right. maybe tens of years mm-hmm. of context right. is what they have. But they probably haven't even heard it that long. Yeah. What so. what they have though is they have people who were there. Mm-hmm. What they have are people that they can listen to, eyewitnesses, and right. then the next generation of those eyewitnesses. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to um, vet all of the stuff that they're hearing. You're right about that. We have the gospel, which is great, and we've had over we've had thousands of years to mess it up too. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, we've had thousands of years to question and go on and these like meaningless things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you see, it's, it's a pretty easy thing for Satan to just come in and say, oh, well, no resurrection. Because that belief system already right. existed out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so go back to that. Remember, this is a spiritual battle that we're fighting here. Um, and when heresy crops up wrong teaching crops up um it usually there's not much new in satan's book he picks up old stuff and uses it and reuses it he's a great recycler yeah satan but yeah, that's all he, he does should see that devil <laughs> yeah. i think i think that some of that is good for us because we if we know the word we can see how he's worked through the years that should help us be on guard Today, um, we know his how he operates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, Rosemary, will you um, will you just pray for us mm-hmm. today? Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for um, your word. We thank you for um, all of the wisdom that's found in this um, section of scripture, Lord, as there is in every section of scripture. But God. Specifically, we just thank you for telling us what the good fight looks like, Lord, that it's that it's a fight of powers and principalities, that we don't need to get bogged down in personality, and we don't need to um, worry about likes, or we don't need to worry about being canceled or anything, because we're never canceled with you, Lord. Um, we are always with you, and there's always a hope. So if there is a correction by you, Lord, we know that the whole piece underlying that correction, God, is your hope. Um, we know that it's for our good. We know that um, it's to, to bring us to the end of ourselves, Lord. And so at the end of ourselves, when that flesh is destroyed, Lord, we just pray that it does get destroyed in each of us, Lord. And that every time we have a correction that we're able to receive it, not as a devastating, destructive, horrible thing, but as an opportunity to come even closer to you, Lord, and to eat, to come closer to Um, the body of Christ. Lord, we just pray that for everyone hearing this, Lord, that they're able to hear your corrections, God, that they're able to hear your voice when people say things, and they're able to follow the truth of Scripture of who you are. God, we just praise you, and we just thank you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Ha, ha, ha.